Now in Thomas, you can come in and claim your company so you can control all of your information and what's out there about you. Now, Nick's company has come in and claimed their profile. I took a look, Jim, and not yet <laughs> for car. Uh -oh. So my goal by the end of today is to help you do that. But we'll you know, do it I, together. I joke, okay. but it gives you control of all the information. I there. love that you're checking up on me. <laughs> so guys, one of the themes of this IMTS is digital technology implemented. What does that mean? I got this. Last IMTS was four years ago, if you could believe that. And four years ago, you went out to IMTS and you saw a lot of technology that was really conceptual. Mm -hmm. But this year, with digital technology implemented, if you have an objective from a digital technology standpoint, you go to IMTS, you find out who you're going to partner with, and they're ready to implement it on the shop floor right away. It's That's like awesome. turnkey. So it's totally in reach. It's like in a box. It's within reach. It's ready to go. Great. Well, it was a thought four years ago. Now it's actually an entity that's moving, breathing, and it's already been implemented. Yeah, it's like you're ready to go to the store and buy a box and install it on the shop floor. So what do we got to do to get ready for this? So go to IMTS.com, register, and sign up. And download the app. Welcome to Making Chips. I'm your host, Nick Golner, and I'm feeling the synergy with my friend, my co-host, Jim Carr, and a very special guest from Thomas. Hey, how you doing, man? Very good. How about we start the show? How about we start the show? If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metalworking Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Jim, how the heck are you, man? I'm really in a good space right now. Things are going well here at Car Change, and change is good. A lot of change. A lot of change I lately. I think you're changing faster than ever. There's a lot of change happening yeah. right now, yes. And really, honestly, all for the good of the business and family, too. So Yeah. You know what else has been really good in Chicago? What's that? The weather has been perfect. You sound like my dad. My dad used to talk about the weather all the time. <laughs> but I mean, like, we're but, not used to absolutely perfect weather. This yes. is great. Yes. It's not super hot. It's not super cold. And, you know, that's why people always say Chicago has the best weather in the summer. Yeah. 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 Well, Forget about every other sometimes time. it is so hot though. I know. But right now we got to be happy and let's just hope we have weather like this in September at the IMTS. Can't wait. I don't know about you, but are you feeling the energy, the emotion behind IMTS? You've yeah. got to be because you guys have two booths there, right? Four. Oh. Two at Advance, two at Hennig. So I'll be super busy. And then you add all the events afterwards with partners and treating customers and going to our suppliers and, and their events. And yeah, it's it's really exciting. So I can't wait. It's super exciting. I'm, I'm hearing so much. I'm seeing so much on social media and it's starting to build. I always think it's like, you know, the prom of the industry. It is. So, so everyone thinks about this one big event yeah. where you see everybody and you try to the only you know, thing put we your don't best have, foot forward. The only thing we don't have to do is rent a tux. Right. <laughs> and uh, hopefully the after parties are a little bit better than mine were after my high school. Prom, That's, so. true. That's true. Well, <laughs> we'll there's, just, there's, gonna be, there's probably going to be booze involved and in hopefully there wasn't any at your prom. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they don't get quite as wild. Yes. So. Hey, speaking of exciting news, yes. I know you have some in your family. I do. Some, some I do. Updates. I do. My son got engaged this weekend. It was absolutely fabulous. He's the first of the three to get in formally engaged. 
And we spent the weekend in Phoenix, both her parents and then my wife and I flew down. And 15 minutes after he proposed to her, they walked into the restaurant and there the four of us were. So, uh, so she is, he, was, is he able to stay focused on his core responsibilities being the uh, operations, operations manager? manager? Or is he, uh, does he have wedding on the mind now? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I did that 34 years ago. So you don't even remember. I don't even remember how I was, but it's a whole new world yeah. with these younger kids nowadays. So yeah, it's super exciting. I'm very happy. She's a great lady. Her parents are awesome. And that's really important when you have all those dynamics going. Well, yeah. I mean, we both have family businesses. Yes. And there are a lot of dynamics there. there and you can't really separate the family completely from the business. So let's talk a little bit more about the business side. What's new at Car? You know, we have Amper as our machine monitoring systems. It measures the amount the machine is in cut, right? Spindle utilization, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to go into a great story about this, but we kind of figured we knew what it was all about. That was our setup times because we're low volume, high mix. Right. And we thought it's all set up. So we've been tracking the machines for half a year now. So just yesterday we had our Q to internal review of how we're doing. They say you can't lie about the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Well, the numbers don't lie. The numbers are and like Shakira's hips. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Q1 to Q2, our utilization is decreased, which is great. And our, oh, I see you looking past lights, me and I realize you're, you're looking at I'm the looking board. at my whiteboard because yeah, it's just, it's fresh from yesterday. Like, look at me, man. And our lights out machining has just almost gone eight times as many hours from Q1 to Q2. So super excited about that. It's just a great system. And our setup, our setup hours went down 38% from Q1 to Q2. So so far, it's really working out well. It's super exciting. That's the key. Lights out. Everyone's trying to get lights Everyone's out. Everyone's trying to get lights out. I think we could do 100 episodes on what it takes to get lights Without out. Without a doubt. So that's the exciting business news. But tell them what, where we're going to be at IMTS since we were talking about IMTS and Amper. Yeah. So it's uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the show at 2 o'clock. Yeah, 2 o'clock on the main stage. 2 o'clock will be on the main stage. There's going to be three key topics. We're hosting roundtable discussions mm -hmm. on the main stage, right between the North and the South Hall, where that big, big area, is. everyone walks through there. The topics are going to be just what's the latest technology there. Yep. More on the non-digital side is what we're going to focus for that day. Another day is going to be totally digital. It's going to be all about digital advancements, automation. And then the third day, just like what you brought up, is going to be all about machine monitoring. Yep. So we're, we're going to bring in the best minds in the industry to talk about those topics with us. and. It'll all be live, and it'll also be recorded for those of you who can't make it to IMTS. Yeah, we will repurpose it for you exactly. to, get to equip and inspire you. And we're also going to be at the Amper booth, which is booth number 121504. One of those days at IMTS, they want us there to do a meet and greet with all the people that want to come and shake hands with us. And there's going to be photo ops, and they've got swag and merch. Yeah, a really cool social media idea you know, connected to the photo ops. And it was really fun scoping that out. That was but I don't want to ruin the surprise. Yeah. All right. What do we do every episode? Most every episode, we talk manufacturing news. We do. And today's news comes from the same organization our guest comes from. It's from Thomas. And they have something called the Thomas Index. Yes. The article is reverse logistics boom as Americans return 17% of all retail purchases. I looked at this, I previewed this, and I was actually kind of surprised. It's almost... 20%. It's like one in five one. things gets returned. It's just wild. It is. It really is. So I'll read some of the highlights from this. For every 1 billion in sales, the average retailer sees 166 million in returned merchandise. 
Unbelievable. This is according to a recent report from the National Retail Federation. Mm-hmm. The Federation also says that $761 billion worth of merchandise was returned to retailers last year. It's almost 17% of the total retail sales. It's a huge increase over the 2020 figures. And we just finished Prime Day, right? Yeah. We, so, you know, like, yeah. I didn't actually did you, buy anything. Neither no. did I. And I I'm, looked, though. I'm really glad my wife didn't either, but... There will be a lot of people returning a lot of things in the near future. Yeah. So what does this do to manufacturing? Oh, I wanted to talk about the non-manufacturing thing. Sure, go ahead. This is the trend where everyone's buying online, right? Mm-hmm. No one's going to the store anymore. I mean, when I squeeze the last bit of toothpaste out of my toothbrush in the morning, my phone's right next to me. You know what I do? I pick up my phone. I go to Amazon. I past orders and I add it right to the cart. I just, just like did that, that with my organic green deodorant that I ran out of this morning. It was funny, Jason <laughs> and I were talking about that on the last episode, but I just did the exact same thing. I didn't run to the store. Yeah, but so there's a shift in buying. So of course, if everything's going online, of course, there's going to be more return, right? Because yes. people are buying on a whim. They're just, they're not really investigating things. They're just adding it to the cart and hitting ship. Right, exactly. So how is the manufacturing related to this? Let me read on. It says, the spike in returns has led to what's called a supply chain stock factor, where businesses must coordinate a costly and time-consuming return to inventory acceptance process. And that's where reverse logistics providers come in. So those reverse logistics companies execute a multi-step process to review, accept, ship, and restock those returned items. So Uh, these are like some third-party companies that handle that headache for you. Handle the return part. Yeah, and so it's all part of this big mess that is the global supply chain right now. You know, yeah, I as never far as really things thought being of it. backed I, up. Honestly, and, I never really thought of it. I mean, when you return it, it's just like shipping it the first time. You still have to put it on a truck or on a plane or whatever and, and get it back to where it came from. Right. So if we could figure out how to stop impulsively buying things we don't need as a country, maybe we'll get that 17% down. Yeah, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, quite frankly. But I just thought it was interesting. And I'm going to learn a lot about Thomas and Zometry, which is our sponsored guest today. But I didn't even know they had this Thomas Index. I didn't either. And the news was really great because we're always looking for good manufacturing news for the podcast. You bet. Let's jump into our guest bio. We'll explain a little bit about our guest. Yeah, who is this guy sitting next to me right now? He seems pretty nice. He is an experienced executive... He's a leader with a history of building teams, packaging products, scaling processes, and business growth. He focused on digital marketing, demand generation, channel development, marketing automation. These are all things that I hold near and dear to my heart. This guy enjoys the startup culture, building completely new products, divisions, and companies, empowering them to growth. And his whole career, he's been doing this primarily in the industrial and manufacturing sector. Welcome to the show. The president of Thomas, which is now a Zometry company. We'll talk about that. Welcome, Sean Fitzgerald. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Jim. Hey, Sean. Glad to be here today. I'm also a mechanical engineer by training. So there you uh, go. Sitting in the right seat in the universe, I think. <laughs> Perfect fit. And Welcome I always love when you chips. when you can connect engineers to the marketing mindset because there's a lot more engineering involved in marketing than people think. There is. There's a ton of fun data and there's a, always a cause and effect, right, of why things happen. So Always ways to uh, use your engineering brain on the uh, marketing side to be creative, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we always start with our guests with kind of tell your story. You you brought up that you were a mechanical engineer, but how did you arrive to where you're at in your career? Give us the origin story. Sure. So uh, I was fortunate enough after I went to Lehigh University, graduated with mechanical engineering degree, moved to New York City and actually had the beginning of my professional career at American Society of Mechanical Engineers. I ran 
a Section 5 of the Boiler and Pressure Vessel Code. So we're doing non-destructive testing there. B31.8 for gas pipelines, some elevator stuff on A17, and was fortunate enough to come over to Thomas when they bought a business from Autodesk uh, there in the late 90s. What was the business? The business was called Partsbec at that point in time, so it had to do with CAD files and being able to download. So that was on CDs. Do you know what a CD is? Yes, right? I do. Yeah. It was yeah. DVDs. I actually... I was, we, we can make jokes uh, about Caddyshack maybe today. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, a little right? bit. Depends where we are. It's funny because I vaguely remember floppy disks. Oh, seriously? Yeah, barely. Oh, that's, I remember what the, my uh, oh. first mechanics book actually had a five and a quarter floppy. Yeah. Not even yeah. three you always, and a half. And so. you always had to say five right? and a quarter. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> floppy to me is five and a quarter. Three and a half was the hard plastic one. Yes. Different oh thing. my God. <laughs> Sean, that's funny. That's awesome. I told you, uh, you know, 20 it's good minutes to laugh. for the Irish guy is going to yes. be hard here. <laughs> so fortunate enough to come into Thomas, worked in that business, did some cool work for companies like Parker Hannafin and bigger businesses, super complex things like their actuators. Um, and then was fortunate enough to have opportunities inside of Thomas with the family. So started to run a, a sales team to help support the business, started that, came in and transitioned a bunch of things that we had around digital marketing and created really a marketing agency inside of the company called Thomas Marketing Services. Sure. And then was fortunate enough to step into the CMO role at Thomas about five years ago. Great. And then post-acquisition, stepped into the president role here and have been uh, you know, working with our friends at Zometry to lead the business forward. Cool. And I want to talk a lot about that so synergy between Zometry and Thomas, but it's interesting that Thomas is a family business too. We were just talking about the family business dynamics. Yeah. So. A lot of it in this industry. Oh, for sure. And 123 years of history as a family business on it. So it was quite a change for a lot of us that had been at Thomas for quite some time to step into a public company, speed and capital and everything that went along with it. I think some of the parts that made it really interesting for me in the acquisition was Zometry has a two-sided marketplace and their instant quoting engine. So buyers can come in and upload 3D models, get a price and buy it now. And that order flows through to the job board where suppliers and businesses in custom manufacturing can come in and take that work and run it and get paid, right? So there are orders ready to go. It's um, like uh, picking money off the money tree. There right. you go, right? But it's only the fruit you want. Ready to go, right? You want a banana, um, take one. If you want an apple, take that. Yeah, or right. take both. Yeah, right? Or take both. <laughs> there you go. And then on the Thomas side was another two-sided marketplace where buyers could come in and search across 500,000 different North American suppliers. So US and Canada only on Thomas here at the end of the day. 193 different filters that we could use across the board on that, 70,000 different categories, and then obviously all those 550,000 suppliers there to quote jobs and, and to uh, try and get work there as well. So in looking at bringing these two things together for us, I jokingly called it the peanut butter and jelly moment during the acquisition sure. phase as we went through due diligence, but it made all the sense in the world to me to say, look, this is just another way that we can help both buyers and suppliers get their job done. And that's the thing that I always try to focus on when I talk with my teams or other folks is everybody has stress, right? You have to yeah. remember, where does that stress come from at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to end up, unfortunately, driving people. Sure. Got to get the job done, right? How can you help everyone get the job done? Be helpful at the end of the day. And how can we do that? Whether you're a buyer, you need to go in, you need to find those products or services that you need to get done to get your project done. If you're a supplier, you need to find new business. You need to find new folks to come in and hit the growth numbers that the boss is expecting at the end of the day. So everybody's got that stress. How can we help relieve it and drive everybody forward? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So two two-sided marketplaces, and we're hoping two plus two equals five here. There that you go. Some or, or more. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. I like that. Cool. So 
Jim, I'm sure you remember this. Yeah, and, go ahead. Uh, I'm not. This you're, is. I know you're going to talk about the Thomas book. This is not an ageist comment here, but no, when okay. I first got my sales job, okay, I moved in from working in the shop at Hennig to in the actually, office. Yeah, now like I have to go into field sales because my dad wouldn't let me go into marketing, which is what I wanted to go into until I could go into field sales. Well, he wanted you to get that skill set down, Pat. I'm he sure. Said, as a, if as you a, can't explain to one person exactly. the value of our products, yeah. you're not going to do it to a thousand people at once. 100%. So I think that's one of the wisest things he ever said to me. But the first thing that happened was they plopped down these huge green books. Yeah. And that was my first I mean, they were like introduction four to inches thick. Yeah. Yeah. And there was more than one. I think it was like A through G and then the rest of the alphabet or whatever. Yeah. And back then, all the companies were trying to be A this, A that, because that's how you get into the front of everything. That's actually one of the reasons oh why God, our company's right. advanced machine and engineering. Yeah. Because fun facts. I'm an A. Yeah. yeah. AME. Nice. Yeah. So now it's totally different. Well, right? it converted, it went online. I don't know in what year. It did. Last books were in 2006, and that was mainly contractual. And I believe there were 26 books at that point in time still. That must Everything's been digital since that point yeah. forward. I think first website was 1996, I think, for the business. So early adopters and pushing the business forward. And you know, been focusing not only inside of our business about how can we digitize everything that we need to do and again, support both sides of the market, but how can we help businesses like yours do that as well here as we go forward? Because when you come into shops, a lot of the times you can see, hey, we're still running things on paper or we have a Google sheet and you have a Google sheet and you have a Google sheet and you have an Excel sheet. And then someone else has a clipboard and no one knows where anything is. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. trying to work on a bunch of different ways that we can help support companies to get beyond that and to let technology do the heavy lifting for them. And I know Jim just went through some cool new ways that he's doing that here too. Absolutely. Guys, you know how I know we have the best sponsors? Why is that, Nick? Well, we're looking at it right here. Well, when you log on to messaging boards and Facebook groups and you see customer testimonials like this... The proof is in the pudding. So let's just read a couple. This guy named James, Pro Shop changed my life, totally digital and paperless. Well, here's the big transformation when people talk about their gray hair. Yeah, yeah. Like me. Was a complete game changer. Six months in, there's life before Pro Shop and life after Pro Shop. I would have less gray hair if we tried this five years ago. So how do you retain that non-gray hair, that color in your hair, Nick? You go to ProShopERP.com. Okay, so... What's interesting about why I was given the green books, that was a directory of other manufacturers. So most people are using that to find suppliers. But I was given that to find customers because if they're making chips, then I might be making money. And now you've talked about this bi-directional marketplace and every business in our industry has an inbound, I would say, and an outbound element to how they solve the problem on the top line, how they bring sales into their business. So for me, we try to create a lot of content that educates people around our products. We offer CAD on our website. We do a lot of things where people can find us and our customers can find us and say, hey, we need what you have. But also I have six regional sales directors. I have some manufacturers reps. I have channel partners, things like that, that help me or my business find the next customer. So with the Thomas and Zometry synergy, you have a piece to play in both, right? Yeah, I really want to hear more about that and what the strategy was going into the acquisition. Can you share that with us? Sure. I think one of the parts that was really interesting for me as we came through the acquisition was the speed that we could do things now as a go forward with 
coming from a company with 200-ish people in it to now being a company of 1,000, and then the capital that goes along with being a public company too. Just as an example, we had about two years of development roadmap that we'd had set up as a private company. When Zometry came in, I think they finished our two-year roadmap in a month and a half. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. So some of the cool things that came out to support suppliers on that was the ability to claim your own company on Thomas. So you can go in much like on Yelp. If you're a pizza place, you can come in and claim your business on it. Now in Thomas, you can come in and claim your company so you can control all of your information and what's out there about you. Now, Nick's company has come in and claimed their profile. I took a look, Jim, and not yet (laughs) for car. Uh So my goal by the end of today is to help you do that. But we'll do it together. I joke, but it gives you control of all the information there. One of the other things that we did I love that you're checking up on me. That's okay. (laughs) We're just trying to help everybody out, right? So one of the other things that we did too was allow a very easy way for suppliers to come in and self-serve to get started on it. One of the hardest things to do is to just take that first step into marketing. And it's not always the most, not the highest on the list in every facility or machine shop. So look, we made it very inexpensive, $75. You can come in, you jump ahead of everybody that's a free lister and acclaimed company in your categories. We're doing free 30-second videos for people in this. It's fantastic. For oh, so you can claim shops. your account or your company free. for free. You can claim your company for free. And then if you want to pump it up a little bit. But $75 puts you as like a priority. $75 a year? 75 bucks a month. Oh, so okay. you can jump ahead of all the other free listers and claim folks. We do 30-second videos for your business to set you apart. You get a badge on there that shows that we vetted the business and you are who we say you are. And then we also give you data on who's actively in market for what you do. So you can see which companies are actually looking for products or services you offer. So tried to pack as much value as we could to help people get started and have a good experience you sure. know, in their first step into marketing for their company, perhaps at the end of the day. So gotcha. that was really the beginning of it when we came on board and that was done very quickly. Recently, what we just released that supports both the buy side and the supply side is the industrial buying engine. And this is to your point on the strategy as we move forward here. Yep. Huge step in leading into your comments around Prime Day and folks ordering things online as well. Big step forward is allowing buyers to actually transact on the platform with suppliers as we go forward. So industrial buying engine allows buyers to submit projects through the system, organize it all in one place or through Thomas sends that to the suppliers. Suppliers can look at it and accept it or reject it, and then also quote it, send it back, and then the buyer can transact and check out on thomasnet.com. So oh my God, you guys have really changed. In uh, where we've come from the green book. I had here. no idea. Was that advanced? This might have some appeal. Like you know, We talk about the IMTS being the prom where you put your best foot forward, and we're intentionally positioning ourselves as a project company more than a product company. So if you don't know anything about my business, we're kind of known for making a lot of tombstones for milling machines. But we're really a design and build company. We build custom fixtures and I don't want to just sell a tombstone. There's not a lot in it for me, right? So I'm telling everyone, hey, think projects. Don't just present yourself as a product company. Now, what you just described is appealing to me because you said people can put their project up and go out for quotes or bids or or whatever. Do you find it being more product oriented or project oriented or a mix of both in terms of what people are looking for? I have a question on this too. It's a mix of both across the board right now with what you're seeing coming through. The interesting part, again, in what we're doing to support that as it comes through, whether it's a product or a custom developed, you know, you're using a service to ultimately manufacture a custom part sure. to send back. 
The cool part that we did also was we're actually setting up financial services to allow businesses to take all the opportunities that come through, because I'm sure you both have the same stories, and I've heard them for 23 years at Thomas. Well, as an example, oh, geez, I got in a lead from Boeing, but I can never take it because I can't do net 120 or net 90. The quote is always, I'm not a bank. Yeah, That tends to be it. So. One of the things that we're setting up is we actually have a tool called WorkCenter now that's going to flow all your Thomas orders, your Zometry orders from the job board into it. You can set up your own stuff inside of it. It's a manufacturing execution system, so you can plan your entire production runs. We're giving this all away for free because we know that the investment in that can be very heavy for some folks. Mm -hmm. Prior to Thomas, we acquired a company called Factory 4 that was a manufacturing execution system. This is the next rev of that technology. Wow! So giving that away, but then also the financial services are inside of that where we guarantee we pay net 30 to folks on it. So no matter what work comes through industrial buying engine, we can make sure they can take it now. Wow. I have a quick question before I lose the thought. I wrote a note. So... Car claims their place on Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say I really like that $75 a month and you get all the extras, all the goodies. But you said I can put a project on there so I could. So let's say that there's a job that Car has that we just don't have the capacity to do, or it's probably not a good fit for us, or it came out of a package of 100 line items. We're experts in five axis CNC, but then some of these parts are just really basic. We don't want to deal with it. We can't make it profitably. So can I take those 20 line items and put it on the Thomas board and people can see that? Yeah. So you could set it up as a project from car and submit it to up to five different manufacturers that can then give you quotes back on that. You could also use the instant right. quote engine yes. Isometry too, to do that either way. Right. So you could definitely set those up and send it through and leverage the industrial buying engine for yourself too, for bigger projects. Interesting. What about like custom engineered equipment. So machine tools that you can't find in a catalog that might drill something, chamfer it next, shuttle it over here. Is that something that do people use? Yeah, you can use it for anything. So when the project comes through, if the supplier has questions, there's a communication tool to ask more questions, to find out more about it. So, that oh, so they it kind of puts you in chat? Yeah. So there's a chat there too. We launched the messaging feature inside of the platform as well. Very similar to LinkedIn, if you've used that sure. before. Yeah. So the buyer can initiate and say, hey, I want to chat with this supplier to see if they can handle this work for me and go back and forth. Then they can move it to the project side of things to do the formal quote if they want to now too. So see, that's actually really appealing here for us. Because, you know, with companies like mine who do this, you know, custom equipment that it's really sometimes hard to define the wheelhouse. Like what's the right fit work? We almost have a hard time describing what you can do and what you can't do because everything's custom. It also depends on who is asking usually, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) And like how many do they need and all that kind of stuff. So it's really about that chat, that communication back and forth on, well, do you need one of these? Because we're going to lose our ass if you need one of these. But if you need 10 and if they can be staggered throughout the year so our production can handle it, then that might be a great fit. It's cool. And on that front, right, as you start to look through who are these buyers coming in and what are they asking for, one of the things that we wanted to do was enable it and make it very easy for buyers, right? Back to that, everybody has stress and how do you get through the day and get your job done on it. On Zometry, we have 30,000 people that are pre-approved with lines of credit right now. All of those folks are going to be able to use that pre-approved line of credit in industrial buying engine on Thomas too. So they have over 10,000 businesses that have been claimed on Thomas that they can now use that entire line of credit through this industrial buying engine too. So if you think of it from a procurement standpoint, 
instead of negotiate terms with everyone and trying to do all that paperwork, it's a much easier way to say, geez, I have one place to pay and now I can do all the things that I need to do. So back to that online shopping idea and really trying to democratize the entire industrial space and give access to everyone. So everybody gets to win on both sides. You're simplifying the, the buying process. That's so helpful. And vetting out the suppliers in the meantime. So Zometry, Thomas, probably Zometry's the parent, right? So what I'm seeing is they're just adding more and more synergistic and mostly digital elements that a shop like Car would need or a shop like Advance would need. Very accurate. Yeah. So trying to take a look at enabling the buyers to do more in the platform and the suppliers to do more in the platform. So what do the buyers need at the end of the day? Again, they have their bill of materials. They know everything that needs to happen. So whether it's a custom part that they need from a five-axis machining company, or it's bearings or pillow block bearings or adhesives that they need, whatever it is to finish the entire bomb at the end of the day, they can really try to do it all in one place now. You know, something else that's been a big part of my inbound strategy for a long time has been offering CAD for free. So like I said, we make a lot of tombstones and people want to download the CAD for the tombstone so they can lay out the setup of their job, right? I noticed that when I was checking out your site, you guys allow suppliers to basically put their CAD catalogs on Thomas. Yeah. So the step here that we've done with Industrial Buying Engine has really been about that quoting process between the two businesses. If you start to think about the SKU level data and other information like CAD and BIM files that we actually have in the platform as well. So for our construction friends, right? Sure. At the end of the day. That's obviously highly valuable, right? Like it's my old joke with CAD files and BIM files is that that's as good as an order almost. No one's downloading <laughs> that stuff for a good time. It's certainly no, right? more like, than a foot in the door. You got like half your body in the door. There's not much tourism on thomasnet.com or Zometry to begin with. Sure. So that's a whole nother layer of no yep. tourism. Right? Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you, Jim, If I want to know what percentage of your new sales, new orders, new opportunities, new customers find you and reach out to you directly because they found you on, you know, a directory or they went to your a Google website search or whatever, right? Okay. What percentage is inbound and then what percentage is outbound? You or, or John, your sales guy went out there and Well, I don't have I don't have just anecdotal, I should. Like, mm, like what do you think? 90% us finding the customer. You actually going and hunting down the customer. Yeah, and yeah. 10% is inbound. See, I'm jealous of that. Yeah. Well, it's different businesses. We've done really well generating inbound leads, but Sometimes I need more old-fashioned hunting, go and break into a new customer. Well, we know the industries that we're really trying to seek out, and we have a really good way of doing that and finding and getting in. You know, the hard part is once you've identified a client, a customer, a new prospect, it's penetrating the company and getting into the right person, right? Well, it That's starts the with a list of target companies, right? right? Like, we would love to do business with these guys. Yep. And then... That doesn't do anything for you. No. You have to identify another list of like the people who actually make these decisions. Yeah. And then you have to get an appointment or get in front of them. And it's tough. It's true, though. A lot of people that are pursuing ABM and think of it as, hey, I want business from company X. Really depends if company X needs you at that point in time. Yeah. And I think that's where ABM can fall apart sometimes. And what you mean by ABM? I'm sorry, account-based marketing. We're uh, being a, a, I didn't you know know that. super nerds here in the room today. Nick and I were nodding. Sorry, Jim. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just a manufacturing guy. That, yeah. So you have a target market, aerospace, a lot of space exploration, right? Emerging technologies. Exactly. So ABM would be like you identify the top five space exploration type companies. Mm -hmm. And then SpaceX, that's Virgin your, Galactic, yeah. 
that's the account Blue links, origin, right? Those yes. are the base of accounts, and now you got to find ways in. Yep. But to Sean's so, point, they need you, right? They, yeah, so one of the things that we looked at at Thomas was that specific problem and said, well, it's really interesting that you want work from them, but I can't make them want to do this type of work right now. What I do know is how active people are and what they're sourcing for right now. So again, in the Thomas account, you can see who's active and who's been sourcing your types of products and services. We also offer ways to do targeting inside of the platform. So we can target against active buyers in the industry you want, if that was aerospace. So we can tell you, hey, this is what's available right now and who is active and what's out there and let's go hunt it together. Mm -hmm. As opposed to saying, I want person X and you know that may or may not ever come to fruition. I'm lucky because I get to see all the data from Thomas and track it along and you know be a, again a super nerd around everything that's happening inside of it and why are these trends happening and what's going connecting on connecting that engineering mind to the marketing yeah, intelligence it's, it's yeah. my happy place with inside of that data so some of the neat stuff that we've been seeing lately and again as long as I've been at Thomas CNC machining and steel have been the two most Is that really what it's been the most Honest sourced to God. categories across It's not like bearings it's not helicoils it's not uh, lubricants. Those are up there. Yeah. For OEM, it's typically like pump valve bearing, yeah. right? If you look at OEM products, but it's largely CNC and steel used to swap the first spot all the time across our 70,000 categories. And when you say steel, like just sourcing material? Just straight sourcing no material. Kidding. And that's been wild lately too, right? With oh, all yeah. the challenges that have been going on. But this historically has been the reality. And up until recently, that didn't change too much. In March, I think it was, we saw food products absolutely go blasting by the two of them, which is super interesting to me. And when you start looking into it, some of the things that we started to see was when you break it down, private label foods are off the charts, have been growing forever as well. So you think of that from a consumer packaged goods standpoint, where I think I'm the last man in the universe that doesn't have a Costco card. I was just say like Kirkland. Kirkland as a brand is one Sean, of the biggest brands. Shame on you. I know. Sorry, my wife is into the Amazon delivery. <laughs> just did it thing, for the gas so savings, man. She took that out of my hands, so she's getting it done. <laughs> but also, you know, if you go to like a Trader Joe's, I think 80% of Trader Joe's is their own private label stuff. So right, right. Some of the things that I've been tracking where food products is up 104% on Thomas, where I think CNC machining is up 40%. Steel is up 60%. This is all year-over-year year numbers. Okay. And what is the metric? Uh, up what? Traffic or uh, yeah, requests? So evaluations, right? So buyers coming in and evaluating suppliers oh, to say, wow, hey, yeah. we need folks to do work with. So I think one of the neat things that I've been looking at and trying to dig into and say, why is food products growing? Well, we have everything going on in Ukraine with the breadbasket you know, of the EU and some challenges I think that people are looking at there. You're also seeing a lot of smart money move towards food in general. And I think one of the interesting data points is in my little town in New Jersey, which is such a funny thing. So my wife and I started seeing around town these things called Wonder Truck over and over and over. So it was a purple and silver truck. Wonder, Wonder on Truck. The, I've, Wonder not, truck. I've not seen that So brand. I hadn't either, but they were everywhere. And I'm when Googling I say everywhere, it right now, Wonder yeah. Truck. So you're a marketing guy too. The domain is wonder.com. Okay. So as a marketing person also, I said, Great domain. Yeah, that must have yeah, been expensive. They are not a small operation. So I went and looked and what it is, is it's a business that they set up ghost kitchens around a couple of towns in New Jersey right now. So infrastructure big and growing. Bought 60 different trucks. So the game is that they'll take food from the ghost kitchen that's mostly cooked, come finish it in front of your house while they park there, and then what? bring it in so you don't have anything what? that's soggy or cold from the delivery person. 
So they have over 60 trucks right now, growing to 1,300, I think, by the middle of next year in the Northeast, and then nationwide after that. So the fun fact for me on this one, aside from the domain that clearly cost a lot of money, clearly was the fact that this is run by Mark Lore. So Mark Lore is the e-commerce CEO of Walmart, uh, also part owner, I believe, of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sounds like a Shark Tank thing. Right? Yeah. Uh, so they got right. Bobby Flay on yeah. the homepage here, there like as go, some right? social proof, some influencers. It's a single data point. But when you think about it, like all the infrastructure that's going to need to go into this, and I believe the number was $500 million that they have an investment so far in to this. So as a single data point around why is food moving so quickly in food products, it's an interesting thing to see. It's not, you know, don't think of it as just some food in a bag that you're buying from the grocery store. It's really cool. There's all kinds of infrastructure and businesses like this coming online. Even aside from all the private label bottling that's going on, you're seeing a lot of stuff in CBD start to happen. I did a talk out at NTMA in LA couple months back. And one of the slides I had up was what was happening in Texas and CBD oil made the top 10 for sourcing. And I didn't have a good story around this. So I joked with the crowd, hey, if anyone's from Texas and knows why this is happening, I would love to know. And someone in the back raised their hand and said, oh, their laws were changed in Texas. So now CBD is is the wild west. And off we go quite literally, I guess. here. So The gold rush, the the green rush, the green, (laughs) all kinds of info inside of the Thomas data here at the end of the day. That's awesome. Yeah, great. I understand it because the buyers that are buying CNC products nowadays, their skill about the differences between machine parts, you know, what is truly a three axis, a four axis, a five axis, a turn part, a Swiss part, a weldment, a sheet metal fabrication. They don't know. All they know is that their boss told them that they here's this bomb of all these things that they need to procure by a certain date, and how are they going to get it? So this is a single source platform for them to go to so they can get those items quickly and responsively. That's what I think when I think about this. Exactly it. And again, across Thomas, we have industrial buying engine and we have work center on Zometry with the instant quote engine. We've added five more capabilities to instant quote. So stamping, die casting, extruding, tube bending and tube laser cutting, right? So again- Good job. You got those all memorized. memorized. (laughs) So across, uh, you know, five new things that we can do to help folks as well. So one of the things that we're really driving at is the big stress point for procurement and engineering is just getting that response, right? And I know that at businesses, when you typically speak with them and you ask them, hey, what's your SLA to respond to quotes? You get the blank stare usually, and that's okay because everybody gives you the blank stare. Yep. Service level agreement. Yes. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm helping st- with I'll, the, I'll the nerdy with, marketing acronym. I'll stop with the acronym. <laughs> yeah. But explain what that is to like the average metalhead. Yeah, all it means is how quickly are you going to respond? So there's an MIT study done at one point that said, hey, if you respond within the first hour, you're 90% likely as a salesperson to have a positive conversation. Very you good metric. Close it, they'll be engaged. Because think about it, if you do something and then someone calls you two days later, unless that is mission critical, you may or may not remember what you were doing two days ago. Yeah, right? yeah and they may have called three other people. Before. Exactly, and you're out. But the, Jim, your, uh, your video you just published... Yes. You said you have a personal guarantee. What was that? Two hours or less. Uh, During normal business hours. That's our personal guarantee. That's your SLA. Yeah. That's like the fancy nerdy marketing word. I didn't know what the acronym really was, but that was, you know, we got it from traction. There you go. But that's been the thing that we're trying to help with. So with Industrial Buying Engine and Work Center, buyers can submit things quickly and they're structured. So that makes it easier for suppliers to analyze them and send back quotes quickly. 
And then on Instant Quota Engine, obviously, it is exactly what it sounds like. Instant, you can get yeah. a number right away as far as what does this job look like. So there's timeline. a couple different kind of flavors of solving the same problem. So everything we do at Making Chips is to equip and inspire manufacturing leaders, and nothing does that better than some real practical success stories. So before we wrap up, give me an example of a, a company who's had some success or where, you know, Thomas or Zometry or the synergy between the two really helped change the business. I have so many stories this way, but I think one of my favorites was a company right here in Chicago, Corrugated Metals, was with Thomas and on thomasnet.com and got a lead from the Air Force. And that led to them starting an entirely new division of the company. So what they were making were aircraft revetments. Again, I learned what those were too. <laughs> yeah, what so is this that? is where you park an aircraft aircraft, typically military, to stop it from being attacked while it's on the ground. So essentially, it's a protective device that goes around this, right? Kind of like a big a wall. physical protective device? So walls that go around the outside of it. So this was a lead that came through Thomas from the Air Force that said, hey, we need something like this. What? They did so well at it that they started an entire business out of it. And then it spawned even a third business after that as blast walls that they started to do for forward operating bases. So not only did they do the your standard corrugated metals for every new building that you see going up and facility, but also they started this business working traditionally with the Air Force. And now that's expanded. Wow. And then also to defend the troops here as we go forward too. So That's awesome. So I said change the business. And I thought he just meant like someone was going to get more sales, but that, <laughs> that really changed the business. So everybody knows you go to IMTS, you go to the pavilions, you look at the machine tools, you look at the tooling. But did you know that there was also conferences? No, I just wander the halls and visit booths. You didn't know there were conferences? I did not. Well, we need to wake you up to more of what IMTS has to offer. So they actually have 12 different conferences. And I specifically want to talk about one of them, which I think is very interesting. Very important. Very important. The IMTS Investor Forum. So as you know... There's a lot of people getting into manufacturing nowadays. Absolutely. I mean, manufacturing is hot. So what IMTS specifically wants to promote is how do we bring more investors who are maybe outside of manufacturing to the manufacturing industry to understand what we do a little bit better so they can make wiser I investments. I also believe it's good for machine shop owners that are thinking of selling to hear how that process works in addition to that. That's another yes. angle. I like that. Yeah, this sounds good. I'm going to check it out. So what do you think you need to do, Nick? Well, I know from you guys and from our show that we have to download the app and we got to go to imts.com. All right. So what's next? Yeah. What is next? Lots, a lot of, a lot different of change. Things. Yeah. So the, I think one of the fun parts as far as becoming a part of Zometry is that nothing will ever stay still. No. Right? At Thomas, we're a family-owned company and we all know how that goes, right? Where you work with what you have and then you have your budget and you can move forward. It's not to say we don't have budgets at Zometry, but also far more aggressive than we were historically. So while we've just released industrial buying engine and work center, there are fast follows already coming through. We're getting feedback from customers. We already released more communication tools that they asked for. And this happened in a matter of days, as opposed to the timelines that we used to work under as a private company there before. So yeah, it's exciting. So will we see you at IMTS? I do believe we have a presence at IMTS. I will see if they let me out to come hang out with you guys. Sure. Aren't you yeah, the you boss? Can definitely got to stop by. The Presidente can't make the I know. Decision. They, you know, they have me on a schedule doing things. So I'll see if I'm allowed <laughs> like this to, podcast. to come hang out. Yes. No, I, I will come back here anytime. This is cool. awesome. Well, and I would love to have you in Rockford at my facility too, because Jim's about to give you a tour. But before that, we end the show and we do it the same way every time. We right? do. How do we do that, Jim? We say if you're not making chips. You're not making money. Bam. 
Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution, and many of them are at makingchips.com.